Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. You know, every time we gather and we feel like a series has put it on our hearts. We're always wondering, like, all right, what's God going to do with this? And then you realize you don't have any control over what he does or doesn't do with it. But we have deeply believed that this conversation was needed for far too long, and we're grateful that the Lord has finally led us to kind of lean into it, that, that you, you need a home. You need home, especially in the season that we're in right now, which appears like it was on pause for a little while and it's not quite over and it may be a little bit more prolonged, but we're gonna keep moving forward in obedience with grace, trusting God that he is still on the throne. Come on, somebody. But you need a home and it's worth fighting for. And so over the last few weeks, we've been having some hard conversations. All right, how, do we, how do we make our home more than just a house? More than just a place that's, that's shingles and sheetrock, more than just a roof over our head, more than just a place where we lay our head, like a home that is a haven, a sanctuary for our spiritual growth and our overall sanity. Like we, we need it. We have to have it. But the answer to the question, how are things at home for far too many is, is not good. If we're really honest, if we, if we had a moment where we sat down and we could actually be, do you do realize progress doesn't happen without transparency? that you can never get to where you want to go unless you are honest about where you are. And your house cannot be a haven if you keep pretending like there are certain things not present that are. Y'all with me say amen. Like we've got to get honest, and I hope you know you're at a place where, where you can be honest, you can be transparent. That you can say, no, things aren't good. No, I live by myself, and it is not a place of solitude. It is a place of extreme isolation, and I'm having a hard time where you can sit across from some staff or pastors or somebody like Chris and Nikki Foster and say, you know what, our marriage hasn't been good for a while and we need to do something about it. Where you can say, I am concerned for my prodigal and I don't know where my child is going and they're making decisions that seem dangerous in my mind and I need help. And we've been leaning into some things that, all right, what does God's word say about some stuff that we need to do, some conversations that we have to have if we're gonna go from house to haven, if we're going to turn our homes into the sanctuaries they're supposed to be. And one of the things we said a couple weeks ago is, I want your home to be full of fighting. I I want you to be fiercely fighting for each other and not with each other. I want your, because you don't, you don't have these kind of homes by accident, right? They're built with intention, correct? And so you got to fight, but we're going to fight for each other, not with each other. And we're going to fight for the same things and not over different things. And the only way that happens is if everybody who's dwelling in that home decides we're going to all pursue Jesus. Because when you all decide to pursue Jesus, all of your hearts are moving in the same direction. And it aligns your values and your priorities. And it starts to eliminate some of those silly, unnecessary arguments. Because we decide together, this is what's going to matter to us. This is what we're going to fight for. This is what's going to be important and what we're going to pursue. And last week, we were reminded that, okay, Home is about relationships, isn't it? That your house is, is, is like, what is making your home is, is, is not the decor. Like, I know you're itching because you walked into Hobby Lobby and now all you want to do is put out pumpkins. <laughs> Same. 
But your home is not just the stuff sitting around. It's the people in it. Home is not where the heart is. It's where your people are, right? But your house will never be a a haven if the relationships in it aren't healthy. Your house will never be a haven if the relationships in it aren't healthy. That ultimately, like, what's happening in our home is dependent on the relationships of the people in it. And that triggered another thing that I feel like we need to talk about Because if we're gonna make this change, and like the way we approach relationships, it should flow out of scripture. I didn't get to this passage last week, but I wanna dive into it. Go with me to Philippians chapter two. Look at verses one through five with me real quick. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, and do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others, and in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How different would our homes be if we approached them with the same mindset as Jesus? And I know what you're thinking, Matt. Paul, like he's writing to the church there, but we've already established, if it is not represented in your home, it will not be reflected from this house. That we gotta start in the home. All the change that you're wanting to see in the world happens inside the four walls of whatever you call home. Change your home, change the world. We change the, we change the world one house at a time. I'm sorry, I'm getting fired up. I'm gonna calm down. One house at a time. But if all of that is true, then there's there's something we have to recognize. The atmosphere of your house is shaped by the attitudes of everyone who calls it home. The atmosphere of your house is shaped by the attitudes of everybody who calls at home. Y'all with me? Does that make sense? Did you write it down? Did you store it away in your heart? The atmosphere of your home is shaped by the attitudes of everyone who calls at home. And the reason why most of our homes are broken is because of what we're carrying in it. That what we're bringing with us when we cross the threshold into our front door is determining whether or not our home is a haven. And every single person that is living under the roof you call home, whatever they're bringing in, whatever attitude, whatever they are taking with them inside that house is shaping the atmosphere in it. And so today, like, I want us to take a really deep look at ourselves because it's what we're carrying inside our homes that's probably keeping it from being the haven that it's intended to be. Because all of us walk in with things that are kept in our minds and held in our hearts. And whatever you are keeping in your mind or holding in your heart is impacting what's happening in your homes. Whatever you are keeping in your mind or holding in your heart 
is impacting what's happening in your home. If you let me say amen. Whatever you're keeping in your mind or holding in your heart is affecting everywhere you place your foot. But especially what's happening in our homes. And for so many of us, we every single day cross the threshold and we are physically inside but mentally far away. We are physically inside but we are mentally far away because we walk in and there are things that we should but don't leave outside. And we're living in a time when our minds are deeply consumed with all the things. And so we step across the threshold of our front door and we wonder why things aren't going like we want them to go. We wonder why there's tension. We wonder why there's friction. We wonder why we can't connect or have conversation. Well, let me tell you what the barrier is, what you're keeping in your mind or what you're holding in your heart. We've talked a lot in the last year about our minds. And I think many of us are walking in our home every day and again, physically we're inside, but mentally we are somewhere else. Or we're letting what's happening around us so impact our minds that our minds are so fixated on other things that when we walk in the front door, we can't interact with our families or the people in it in a way that's healthy. Some of us are, are, are making changes already, like we've already decided. You know what? Pastor Matt said our home needs to be a haven. We will eat dinner every single night together. I don't care if it's 9.30 p.m. And so we sit and we gather around our tables, and then we just wonder why, okay, okay, we ate. We just kind of went through the motions, and then, all right, it's got a time to get to bed, get kids ready, and now school, and all these kinds of things. But here's what's happening. We walk in, and we don't check the worry from our work. The worry of work walks in with us. Come on, somebody. Because we think about all the stupid things that happened at work that day and all the deadlines and all the problems that have to be solved. And we know as soon as we lift our head and walk out that door and get in that car again that next morning, all that stuff is going to still be there. So we keep replaying and replaying and replaying and replaying and replaying and seven melatonin won't shut it off. And then, not only do we walk in with the weight of work, so many of us, before we sit down at the table, we sit in front of the TV and watch the news. <laughs> Dear Jesus, what's happening in the world? And so not only now do we have the weight of our work, we have all the heaviness of the headlines. And then we wonder while we sit down at the table, we can't connect. And see, just because you're in each other's company does not mean you are experiencing community. Just because you're in each other's company does not mean you are experiencing community. And when your mind is so consumed with all the things, and I know, like, you're like, Matt, well, I'm an adult, man. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a CEO. I'm, I'm this. I, like, I've got all these responsibilities. I'm not saying ignore your responsibilities, I'm saying, accept your limitations. That there are things you're worrying about at home that in that moment aren't helping. 
I think Jesus made it clear that worrying about anything never really helped. And giving mental energy to things in moments when it's not helpful is only hurting what God is trying to do in your home. And I understand we have to watch the news, but there's a level of informed that leads to insane. And you gotta know when that threshold is gonna get crossed. And if your house is gonna be a haven, you gotta pay attention to what you're keeping in your mind. So let me ask you a question. What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home? What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home? What is it? You know it. You already know it. I've been preaching for 10 minutes or so now, and you're already like, he, I had somebody come to me after first service and says, I want you to know where the camera is in my house. Because you do, it's like you're watching us. I'm like, that's called the Holy Spirit. He knows more than any camera will ever pick up. What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home? And you know what? This isn't like unique to our culture. This has been happening for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There's a book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes, written by a guy named Solomon. And I want you just to look at what he said. And I want you to see how relevant it is. Ecclesiastes chapter two, look at verse 21. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill. And then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. How do people, what do people get for their toil and anxious striving which, is, which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. And then listen, even at night, their minds do not rest. Even at night, their minds do not rest. What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home? What are you allowing to stay stuck inside your brain that's hurting the health of the relationships in your home? Because if you don't make a switch, you will never turn a house into a haven. If you don't get real about the things that are rolling around in your mind constantly, the things that you're fixated on, and if you don't intentionally make a shift, in Philippians chapter four, Paul's trying to tell us that we have to intentionally shift this. Philippians four, verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Can you have enough faith that God's got it? Come on, somebody. Can you have enough faith that if you actually shut your mind off and give your family, which is supposed to be your priority, some attention, that he will give you some supernatural help to re-engage that thing when you get back to work tomorrow and maybe get some things done? Do you trust him enough for that? Do you trust him enough? And I know this is hitting home because there were, there's been seasons in my life where I come home to my family one of two ways, sad or angry. 
that when I leave my job, just like your jobs and the stresses and the pressures and the criticisms and all those things, and then on the way home, I end up putting it on the wrong radio station and I hear all the headlines and I walk in one of two ways, sad or angry. And if every time you're entering your home, sad or angry, it will not be a haven. And so even, even the Lord has started to press into my spirit. What am I doing with that space between that commute from work to home? What are you putting in that space? Because if you don't put something intentional in that, what do you expect you're going to carry into that house? If you, don't, if you don't take some time in that space between when you leave your job or your school or whatever, and that's, that travel distance from, from work to home, if you don't put some Jesus in there, it ain't going to be any different. In September, I'm going to preach a message that basically just says this. I'll give you a little snapshot. If the routine isn't producing the result you want, it needs a disruption. And sometimes you've got to disrupt it. And sometimes if you're going to make a change in your mind, if what's keep, what you are keeping in your mind is keeping you from having the home that you desire, you're going to have to make a change. 2 Corinthians 10 we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you, don't, if you keep holding that in your mind, so you'll go home, you'll do what I've done. How often do the people that are the objects of your anger not the people who created it? How often is your family a good outlet for your frustration but they really weren't the source of it? Come on, somebody. How many times have you snapped at your wife or yelled at your kids or done something like that and they didn't do anything wrong but you just came home mad because of all the stuff happening in the world and they just become easy ammunition? Pastor Matt's preaching today. Thank you. What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home And what are you holding in your heart that's keeping your home from becoming a haven? What are you holding in your heart? Because scripture makes it really clear that it is from the heart and out of the heart that so much of our lives happens. And so many of us, what we're holding in our heart is hindering our homes from becoming a haven. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Luke chapter six, verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That so many of us, what's what's hindering our homes from becoming havens is not just what we're keeping in our minds, but what we're holding in our hearts. We're holding certain things that have maybe been held for decades, for years. There are some things that we've been holding in our heart even before we created the home. And we never resolved it. We never dealt with it. We never calibrated that. And so we took it into the marriage. It was present before the kids were born. And if you keep holding those things in your heart and don't let God do what only he can, it will always be an obstacle to your home being what he desires it to be. And there's some examples that I've had to walk through and I bet you have experienced as well. Number one is unrealistic expectations. 
So many of us are holding in our heart unrealistic expectations that are putting so much pressure and tension on the relationships in our home that there's no possible way they can be healthy. We have unrealistic expectations for our spouse. Look at me. He, she does not complete you, so stop expecting them to. He completes me. No, he doesn't. She is my world. Better not be. When you keep looking to people to give you what only God can, you create a weight that will crush every relationship. That's why, that's why in, in Psalm 118, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust the government. I mean, in, in princes. God is our hope, church. He is, I hear people saying the church is the hope of the world. No, the church is the vehicle to make the hope of the world known, which is Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He is our portion. He is the one that makes us whole. He, parents, if your kids are your world, your identity is not mom or dad. Your identity is not their husband or wife. Your identity is not in the title that you have or the degrees. Your identity is in Jesus and when you walk in and, and don't have that settled, you put unreal. And then we have expectations for people that we've never shared or agreed to. I talked about that like a couple months ago. We're expecting people to do things we've never told them we expect from them. And then we're mad when they don't do it. Unrealistic expectations. Unhealed wounds. Some of us, man, we've hit... We've had some really bad and painful things happen to us. People hurt us. And because we've been hurt so many times, we expect it to be hurt every time. And so we're sitting in our homes just waiting for them to cheat, waiting for them to abandon us, waiting for it to go south. And when you're waiting for it to go south, you end up creating problems that maybe cause it to at times. Unhealed wounds. And then we're expecting or we're looking to the wrong places to find healing. Look at me. Not a single person on this planet has the power to heal you. Now, they might be part of the process God used, but only God can heal. Those emotional scars are something that only God can fix. Now, God will use people and use all kinds of things to bring that healing about, but only God can heal. Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And some of us, we went into the house, we went into the relationship, we went into the new job carrying the baggage we've been dragging around our whole lives, and we're holding that stuff in our heart, and it's hindering us from moving forward in our lives. And you gotta let God heal it. And look at I'm not trying to make it small, I'm not saying it's not significant. And I know that God's given us great resources, resources from, from, from counselors to all kinds of different things to bring about that healing. And I'm not saying that God doesn't give us avenues and tools, but there's a level, there's a point where all those hit their limitations and hit their wall, and you've got to trust the one who created you to mend you. 
And some of us were carrying around unresolved bitterness. Something happened several years ago. And every time something comes about, that thing that happened gets thrown back in their face, even though they have a track record that says they were repentant and healed and doing all kinds of things. But now every time something goes sideways, bang. And then you wonder why your relationship's not healthy. And there's unresolved bitterness in our hearts. There's a bitter root that's grown up and taken. And now we carry that into every relationship that we have. An unresolved bitterness will always break our homes. Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What you're holding in your heart is hindering your home from becoming a haven, whether it's unrealistic expectations, unhealed wounds, unresolved bitterness, or undisclosed struggles. We will never shy away from saying, sin breaks everything. And sin is the number one reason why your home will not be a haven. And some of us, we have these struggles, we have these temptations, and we're not sharing them with people. We're not inviting the right people in so that we can ever find victory in them. We're walking into our homes with these undisclosed struggles, these things that we know are present, we know we've battled, we know that are there. There's struggles that we have that we're not telling anybody, so we're trying to fight them alone, but they're present, and because they're present, we end up going from temptation to sin, and it's impacting our lives, and nobody knows about it, and they're wondering why we walk around the way that we do. Like you're addicted to porn, and then you're wondering why you can't have intimacy with your spouse. You have things that are hidden, that are hurting your home. So James says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And if we don't invite that accountability in so that we can start moving towards victory, we'll keep stepping into that sin and it will keep hurting our home. The atmosphere of your house is shaped by the attitude of everyone who calls it home. And what's being kept in the mind and held in the heart is either helping or hindering the transition from house to haven. So what are you keeping in your mind? What are you pondering in your mind that's keeping you from being present in your home? What are you holding in your heart that's keeping it from becoming the haven that you desire it to be. And the solution to both, and I'm not trying to make it oversimplistic, it's Jesus. That faith is the antidote to the consumed mind and the hurting heart. That Jesus, a relationship, a deep, intimate relationship with God has the power, look at me, has the power to ease the mind and heal the heart. That's who God is. 
And today, that's what I hope is going to happen all across this space and for everybody who's watching online, that you will trust God enough to let him ease your mind and heal your heart so that when you cross over the threshold of your house, it can be the haven that we've all decided it must be. So you bow your heads, close your eyes with me for just a second. And we're going to worship and we're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to hear two verses as we prepare to let God work in our hearts. What are you keeping in your mind and what are you holding in your heart that's hindering your home from becoming a haven? That in reality is hindering so many areas of your life from being healthy. Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me. All you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are some things that you're gonna need to leave at the door and there are some things you're gonna have to permanently let go. Ezekiel 36, for I will take you out of the nations and will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into my own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. We're going to worship before we get out of here this morning. And my hope is that through the power of the Holy Spirit and who God is, he will begin to ease some minds and heal some hearts in here today. Our team's going to lead us in a powerful time of worship. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. However you feel led to respond, if you want to stand and lift your hands in a posture of surrender, if you want to turn and kneel at your seat, or if you want to come to the platform and make it an altar, let God ease your mind and heal your heart so your home can be a haven. Father, I pray that you would use this time, God to work, to meet with us, to ease our minds and heal our hearts, that our homes might be a haven. So God, I pray that people would be open and not stubborn, honest, sincere, and just let you authentically do what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.